Diego County is inching toward the red tier in California's pandemic reopening plan. So on this episode, we talk about what that shift would mean for our local restaurant scene and other activities around our county. There's also big news on the coronavirus vaccination front in San Diego. Last weekend, essential workers from the food and agriculture sector became eligible for the vaccine, among several other groups under the county's phased vaccination plan. Joining us this week to talk about these changes, including vaccines for restaurant workers and the state of the dining industry a year into the pandemic, is local restaurant owner Ben Clevenger, who's also the president of the San Diego chapter of the California Restaurant Association. With um, our doors opening up more and more, we're going to get back to that social aspect. There's nothing more fun than having a buzzing restaurant industry, you know, bars and restaurants packed. You are listening to our Scene in San Diego podcast. Candice. Hi, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Good to see you. Good. You too. So I can't believe it's March already. We've officially entered the month that will mark a year since the coronavirus pandemic first reached San Diego County. And that to me is just wild. I can't totally wrap my head around the fact that it's been a year. I know what you mean. It's so strange to think about how long we've all been dealing with this. Yeah. Well, at least um, on the more hopeful front, I do you think we're definitely seeing some progress lately in terms of numbers? And so I want to get into that a little bit. Um, so San Diego County's adjusted case rate, which is the state's metric that's used to determine how a county can safely reopen businesses and other activities, it's been trending downward lately. And, and that's a good thing because that metric is what determines which tier San Diego County is in. So either purple, red, orange, or yellow in California's color-coded blueprint for a safe economy, which is a plan that looks to reduce the spread of COVID-19 across the state based on which types of businesses and activities can reopen and how they can operate as the pandemic continues. So on February 22nd, California public health officials measured San Diego County's adjusted case rate at 15, down from 22.2 on February 15th. Our county has been in the purple tier, the state's most restrictive tier in the color-coded system for months. For restaurants, this has meant only being able to offer takeout and delivery, but about a month ago, restaurants were permitted to restart outdoor dining again. And on March 2nd, California public health officials measured San Diego County's adjusted case rate at 10.8. So for now, that keeps us in the purple tier for a bit longer here. Now, for our region to move into a less restrictive tier, like red, San Diego County must have a case rate that is less than 7.0 daily new cases per 100,000 and a positivity rate that's between 5 and 8%. So here we are inching toward that 7.0, hopefully getting there soon. And when that happens, what's going to change, Candice, for our restaurant scene? Well, to start, indoor dining will finally be allowed again at San Diego County restaurants, but with some modifications. The big rule is a maximum of 25% capacity or 100 people, whichever is fewer. Wineries and tasting rooms, unless they serve food and run like a restaurant, will have to stick to outdoor service only. And bars, breweries, and distilleries would need to remain closed, too. If we ever drop to orange, those kinds of places can reopen outdoor service, but we have a while to go until that's possible. 
interesting. And a shift into the red tier will also impact businesses like museums in San Diego County, which we know have been struggling for months and months. And in the red tier, museums will be able to reopen indoor operations with modifications, of course, including being limited to 25% capacity. And the same goes for aquariums and zoos in terms of indoor offerings. Now, the San Diego Zoo has been open. It reopened uh, January 30th with reservations and all kinds of modifications and only outdoor, um, you know, offerings and exhibits. But a shift to the red tier will mean a little bit more of the zoo uh, can open up. And amusement parks and theme parks will still remain closed under the red tier. So a lot of change, uh, but hopefully, you know, some progress there. On March 3rd, officials from California Governor Gavin Newsom's administration said some changes were coming that could potentially shake up the state's tier system. Mainly, coronavirus vaccination rates may be factored into the state's metrics for reopening counties down the road here. Now, the state's not going to eliminate the tier system, but it may be modified. The idea here is that there will be more coronavirus vaccine doses available in underserved communities across the state. And as more people are vaccinated, the state could ease case rate restrictions and make it easier for counties to move into less restrictive tiers. This means more businesses can be authorized to reopen and at higher capacities. NBC7 News Today anchor Stephen Luke talked a bit about this on our Today in San Diego podcast on March 4th. Let's go ahead and listen to a little bit of Stephen's reporting. You're listening to the Today in San Diego podcast. The governor says he's looking at how to incorporate vaccination rates into the tiering. I think it's good news in terms of of getting us out of it faster here, but we'll have to wait and see. Part of the plan involves California setting aside 40 percent of all vaccine doses for the state's most vulnerable neighborhoods, which are apparently made up of about 400 zip codes across California, represent about 8 million people. While we don't know which zip codes locally would be included in that, county leaders are saying right now, based on the infrastructure we have here in place, we could be vaccinating a ton more people every single day. They're saying nearly three times as many, but the problem is we're just not having the supply come into town locally fast enough. And so hopefully with the Johnson & Johnson one-shot vaccine getting added into the mix, that will start to change soon. We'll be following the tier developments closely, so we'll keep you posted on any changes. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about. Now, another big thing we've been following are coronavirus vaccinations around the county. On February 27th, San Diego County opened up its vaccinations to those who are eligible in Phase 1B, Tier 1, which includes essential workers in the food and agriculture sectors. And that's huge for restaurants, right, Candice? Yes, I'm sure restaurant owners and operators are very busy right now trying to figure out how to get their employees vaccinated. Um, But we've seen a lot of ups and downs with vaccine supply in San Diego since the coronavirus vaccine first arrived in our region in mid-December. So I'm sure that will determine the flow of this phase of vaccinations, too. Yeah, this this phase 1B tier one, it also includes teachers, childcare workers, grocery workers and non-medical emergency first responders. So this opens our local vaccination pool to another half million San Diegans. And, you know, we've covered the headaches that come with getting those vaccinations appointments and the delays because of shipment delays across the country, severe weather, all of that in the last few weeks. And County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher said last week that, of course, 
opening up the vaccine to this bigger pool, it's going to likely put some strain on the vaccination systems, more strain on our local vaccination systems at first. So he urged locals to practice patience. And again, you know, I just think one thing, you know, we got to continue to caution is there's going to be greater demand for vaccine than there is vaccine available. And so we just need folks to, to be patient. Uh, we can only make available what we get. And we're really hopeful that in the coming weeks that the numbers will significantly increase. Um, and uh, we're, we're just not there yet. We do have enough slack in the system with seniors that we are uh, comfortable and believe it is appropriate uh, to, uh, to move forward and open up this tier uh, to teachers, to first responders and food and agriculture workers. But again, there's going to be tremendous strain on the system. We asked Ben Clevenger, president of the California Restaurant Association San Diego chapter, who also owns Eastbound Bar and Grill in Lakeside and the Hills Pub in La Mesa, to join our conversation this week to talk about all this. He shared a lot of insight about the pandemic's impact on our local dining scene. We're going to take you into that conversation now. Hi, Ben. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we were wondering, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the California Restaurant Association and sort of what, how it functions for its members? Yeah, so um, the Restaurant Association is broken up into many different uh, chapters. Um, we do multiple things. Um, one being we have a government affairs committee. We have an education committee. Um, and basically, um, we advocate for all restaurants, especially during um, a pandemic. Um, we always think about not just us, but all restaurants that are that are going through this right now. And Ben, um, how many members do you have locally here in San Diego? What's the what's the makeup of your membership? Is it mostly like bigger hospitality groups or smaller eateries? Uh, it's back and forth. We have some that have multiple, you know, restaurants like the Brigantine, like, like the Mortons and the David Cohens, and then we also have single unit operators as well. You know, taco shops just small mom and pop stores as well. We're probably around 4,000 or so members. What have been some of their biggest challenges? I mean, I, I know that there's a laundry list of, of, you know, issues that restaurants have had during the pandemic, but what are sort of some of the, the bigger challenges they've faced and what kind of, you know, assistance or information have they been sort of asking of, of you and the CRA? Um, there's been so many different, I, it's hard to depend. Yeah. It's hard to choose which, which of the big ones, you know, um, th there's a lot of laws that, that might be getting passed that are going to directly affect us. So, uh, the last year has been trying to work with the state and getting us been on the, on the smaller scale for the small mom and pops. It's hard to get that information out to them. It's hard to get, let them know that there's me being provided by the government that they could, uh, that they could, uh, sign up for because they're busy trying to run their restaurant, trying to navigate through, yeah. um, um, the pandemic. And that's, that's probably been the most difficult is the navigation. Um, you know, we, we shut down and then we reopen and then we shut down and then we reopen, you know, and it, it is absolutely exhausting, you know, and I, I know, um, our board is pretty tired, you know, to say the least, because it, it, every day it's, it's, it's different and we have to always be, um, having our, our nose to the grindstone and trying to figure out what's next. And right now, currently we're in vaccinations and get those numbers up. I think, I think with more vaccinations, the faster we'll be able to open up indoors. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, we know that you own a couple of restaurants here in San Diego, Ben. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about your personal experience, like how the pandemic has impacted your businesses? Yeah, so one in Lakeside, and then we also are part of a group with uh, the Waterfront Bar and Grill, which is San Diego's oldest tavern. And um, a lot of the a lot of the challenges have come from um, staff, depending on what we're doing at our restaurant. Our staff is usually our number one concern, and how how it's going to affect their lives and then trying to figure out what we're allowed to do and allowed not to do, you know, and it changes every day. And, and this, you know, honestly, the state hasn't been too clear about everything. They're not very open with, with numbers and stuff like that. You touched a little bit on, you know, how the CRA is, is, is trying to be involved in legislation locally and statewide, but has, has the organization been able to have any part in the decision-making in terms of restaurant shutdowns and reopening guidance, you know, at the county level or, or beyond? Are you guys, you know, talking with public health officials, you know, when, when those decisions yes. are made? Yes. Um, especially initially, um, the, the, the San Diego County Department of Health have been um, a great advocate. When we reopened the first time, we actually worked together with them side by side, trying to uh, come up with guidelines. At a state level, it hasn't been very receptive. We haven't really been able to talk to the governor hardly at all. Our, our um, people up at, in Sacramento haven't been able to talk to him much at all either. So it's been pretty discouraging you see you know the rest of this country opening up we're, we're definitely behind everybody else but the county department health was great they're they definitely helped out a lot and we've been working with the mayor a little bit to the new mayor Todd Gloria about what it looks like for the restaurant industry next because we believe it's going to take us at least two years to kind of recover to start recovering and see the, the light at the end of the tunnel from this so yeah, it's going to be such a rebuilding process um, for so many industries. But yeah, the restaurant industry, I mean, it's really, like you said, going to take some time. It's not going to be an overnight thing for uh, things to go back to, you know, the normal. Yeah. You know? And some of the things, some of the things we've been working with, you know, the mayor is, you know, that we were able to come up with some things during the pandemic, like the outdoor dining, the parklets downtown, putting outdoor dining at all of our restaurants, you know, hiring extra staff to, to clean um, and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, hopefully, hopefully we're able to keep doing that for a while. And, and what about other things that, that have cropped up during the pandemic, like to go alcohol? Yeah, it's been really beneficial. Um, that's another thing that we've asked for as well is to keep that moving. So Ben, I know you mentioned, you know, the vaccines, like that's the, the thing that every restaurant is working on right now. Um, is the CRA participating in any efforts to help the industry access the COVID-19 vaccine or giving guidance to, you know, restaurant owners or restaurant groups about how to go about, you know, educating their staff and, you know, offering incentives. Right now. Um, so we we're working very closely with this and trying to help get the vaccination out. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when HEP A kind of came through a couple of years ago, we yeah. had a couple of restaurants, we had a couple of restaurants in old town, um, Valley high, and Tom Ham's light actually it was Tom Ham's lighthouse. And then, um, um, down in old town, we had some places that were able to get that vaccine to, um, our team members. So we're, we're working with the County right now, trying to see if we can get one of those central stations for our team members. We haven't really nailed it down. We can't give that information out. Like saying like, we're open to do that, but right now we're just educating our, our employees and saying it, it's now available for our, our team members to go get vaccinated. If you'd like, you know, use your local, yeah, you know, your local health health 
organization, whatever you use to go get that vaccine. Um, but we're hoping in the next, this is very like uh, new time information. We're, we're literally working the last couple of weeks and trying to see if we can set up a vaccination station for our, um, our members and, and get them vaccinated and streamlined. Cause when HEP came out, we vaccinated over like 1500 or 2000 people in San Diego, you know, in a day in two different locations. So it was great. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, great. If you had a central location. Mm-hmm. Um, so with San Diego County, possibly, you know, moving towards the red tier, maybe in the coming weeks and, and indoor dining returning somewhat, do you, do you expect that that will be, you know, a saving grace for a lot of restaurants that are struggling right now is, is 25% capacity, you know, plus indoors, plus outdoor seating enough to mm. sustain a, a restaurant? Um, for us personally, um, the indoor dining at 25% gets us by, I guess you can say it pays the bills. Um, and it's able to, we're able to keep staff. Um, it, we don't make any money, um, on a personal level. I haven't received a paycheck in over a year, you know, so we'd like to see something over 50% to where I can start paying my own bills again, you know, and stuff like that and seeing a profit. But, um, 25%, I think for most restaurants just gets us by and pays the bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine for the restaurants that um, have been shut down because they don't have patio space or outdoor dining options. I mean, this is like mm-hmm. the lifeline, the make or break moment for them. I mean, there's still so many restaurants that haven't even been able to open, you know? Yeah, we have a lot of members that weren't able to put the parklets out, like the gas lamp area and stuff like that. It's not the greatest place right now. There's a lot of homeless kind of out and, and more than it was before the pandemic. And it's very apparent. So it's hard to put out a parklet and deal with a lot of that type of um, uncertainty, you know? Um, So the 25%, I think, like you said, is really good for the ones that haven't been able to do the outdoor. Um, There's been a lot of do or die moments, you know, every week we're losing restaurants. Um, So Ben, I know you, you talked about the parklets, you know, uh, the to go alcohol, those different things that have really come out of the pandemic that are hopefully positive. Um, What, kind of things like that. Is there anything else that you're hoping sticks around for the long haul after this? Um, you know, honestly, I think the best thing that can happen is the numbers improve as fast as possible. O- opening indoors at a higher capacity would be the number one thing moving. And that's what we need. To, that's what we need to get done, you know, and the parklets continue those going on and, and the to-go booze and, and I'm trying to think of some other things, but not off the top of my head. I can't think yeah. of anything else that would be well, great. Curbside um, has been so huge. Right. I, I hope that never goes away. I, I like that. I like being able to go up in my car and just get what I need, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it does streamline it, you know, and, and with our restaurants, we got a little bit more, you know, with the times, I guess you can say. Yeah. Um, there are some, there are some things been fighting for the last couple months. Um, they tried to put a bill forward uh, last week, the last two weeks with 150,000 of your PPP loan was forgiven um, only. Luckily, it's squashed. We're looking for 100% of it to be forgiven again, like the rest of the country is. We're hoping the governor and, and the state comes up with a plan with that um, and not tax us like the, like the rest of the country is getting. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the new proposed stimulus, stimulus plan um, has for restaurants in particular? I, I you know, I, I, va- I read it vaguely yesterday and my partners talked about it yesterday, but 
from what I've heard, the in the new stimulus, there is a huge benefit for restaurant owners, which could be a saving grace for a lot of people. I do know it's it seems very beneficial for us. And I know we'll be talking about it in our meeting, so it'll definitely be a hot topic to talk about. Yeah, and I think you make a good point, too. I mean, a lot of those assistance programs and things that are going to help restaurant owners, they they have to stay in place for a while in order to be able to rebuild. I mean, again, it's not going to happen overnight. So those little things that can help you as you're trying to put the pieces back together, I think, are, are probably really important to um, restaurant owners. It is. And I think that I think that package that gets that is being proposed in the new stimulus has to do with that. It has to do with basically makeup of what you lost and what you were able to kind of stay sustained for, you know, um, and then whatever's in the middle is what they're going to actually give you some money for. Hopefully that's what I read. So hopefully that's what it is, which would be great. You mentioned that you've been, you know, talking with the mayor about what the next like year or two looks like, you know, for restaurants. And I wondered also if you're talking to, to, to people who are opening new restaurants sort of during that time or looking ahead to open new restaurants and advising them on, you know, how to do things sort of for the new, you know, the new normal, advising them, you know, in terms of maybe their service or how they're, you know, putting together the restaurant to kind of prepare mm-hmm. for what it's going to be like? Yeah. Um, well, I'll be honest. I don't think I've heard anybody opening up a new restaurant right now. <laughs> if you wanted it, if you were going in the restaurant business, I would strongly suggest you don't do it right now because it's not um, something that I would get myself into. Right now, we see a trend in our staff. Um, I think that's something to, to make a point of is because of the uncertainty of our industry, um, we have seen a lot of staff up and down the state not return to this industry as of right now. They've yeah. left it and might have left it permanently. So rehiring might be pretty difficult. I think we're going to see a big shift in staffing. And hopefully, you know, we, we'll be able to get some new staff in. But there's a lot of old, old uh, industry that is leaving the industry for good Uh because they don't like the the uncertainty of it right now well it's scary it's scary to not know and to sort of be back but not be back but when are we back i mean it's it's scary you can't can't blame them for looking for other paths you know yeah and i know there's a lot of industries that probably have done have kind of gone through the same thing but it's 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 not good to it, it, it is awful to have to look your staff member in the face and say i'm sorry but you have, we have to let you go. You can only do that so many times, you know, and, and we don't blame them whatsoever. It makes perfect sense. You know, if I wasn't married to this thing, I probably would have been out too. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, you talked a little bit about some trends and, and we love kind of looking ahead at potential trends here on our podcast. Are, are you seeing any trends in terms of like the kinds of restaurants that we might see in the future um, is like, you know, fast casual, a thing that people are a little bit you know, more geared toward now because it's easier to pop one of those up than like a fine dining restaurant or what, what kind of trends are you seeing in terms of like, you know, moving ahead? Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say. Um, there's a lot of moving parts that affect our restaurant. Number one being minimum wage and the higher the minimum wage goes up, the less staff you're going to be able to have on, on a certain shift, which means less service, which might mean uh, more, um, you know, less on a personal level type of service when you go to a restaurant, I guess you can say, or maybe a longer wait because you have to shrink your restaurants down a little bit because you don't have the staff to mm-hmm. hire, you know, to, to fill your restaurant and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the tre- trends, trend wise, it's going to go to more of a, 
um, like a faster, maybe faster casual. I honestly, I don't know right now. The trend is for, we've been so focused on this pandemic for so long, you know, it's, it's hard to focus on trends, I guess right now. Um, hopefully I, th- I think right now we're all just praying that when it does come back, that, you know, the public wants to come back and dine in and socialize again. I think, you know, there's not enough socialing going on, socializing going on, you know, one-on-one, you know, face-to-face obviously because of what's going on. So hopefully with, with um, our doors opening up more and more people are more inclined to want to go do that. We're going to get back to that social aspect because, there's nothing more fun than having a buzzing restaurant industry, you know, packed, you know, bars and restaurants packed full of people talking and, and, and having a good time. So. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like a lot of people I've talked to have, you know, when I ask like, what do you miss the most? You know, a lot of that is, yeah, I just want to go to dinner with my family or with my friends. Yeah. I just want to go like eat somewhere. That's not my house, you know? Yep. And it's hard when, you know, you want to be able to, um, you know, say, say you don't, have anything planned for dinner it's like oh let's just go down to the local spot and, and pick up or just in dine in right you don't want to have to cook you don't want to relax it's hard to unwind at home given the time so um definitely hopefully that's the trend like i said the trend is restaurants are opening and people want to get back to it and socialize with their families and friends Thanks for hanging out with us again today. You can find coverage of everything we talked about on NBC7.com and in our Eater San Diego and NBC7 roundups, which publish every Friday on the scene section of NBC7.com. Monica will also share highlights from this episode in her show notes on NBC7.com. And I'll have a story with Ben Clevenger on SanDiego.Eater.com. So check those out too. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe to Scene in San Diego on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher, wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. And if you want to check out Today in San Diego, which is NBC7's daily five-minute podcast that helps you catch up on the local news headlines, you can also do that wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. And there you'll hear a bit more from Stephen Luke and Marianne Cushy, who are, of course, our NBC7 News Today morning anchors. We'll talk again soon.